Hello everyone, welcome back to Straight Outta Cloyne. With me, your host, of course, Joseph Dylan Tarl. Let's just say, I'm feeling a bit better than I did when I recorded yesterday at the time of recording, but by the time this comes out, uh, I think I actually, I was supposed to release that episode Wednesday, but I recorded it so late on Tuesday that I forgot to schedule it for uploading for Wednesday, and I think it actually went up Tuesday night, so... Yeah, uh, after debating for like, I don't know how many minutes on that episode to uh, whether I was going to debate or whether I was going to upload, I should say, on Wednesday or Friday, it was technically Tuesday, but look, whatever, uh, it did make me feel a little bit better after I uploaded it, and uh, one or two people did reach out afterwards, which was quite nice of them, but I can promise, even though I mightn't sound like it, this episode is going to be a lot more positive, we're going to talk about some topical things at the moment and yeah but to anyone who did give me a little message afterwards thank you very much and uh yeah it's much appreciated and I, I don't like doing episodes like that but sometimes it does help it does help me you know what i mean um honestly i was gonna try and like literally before i started recording that i was trying to hype myself up going come on let's just get a normal episode of straight out of Klein out there happy go lucky joseph dylan Tarl. Let's just, let's just go for it, and I just couldn't get into it. But I was like, look, everything is set up. I may as well just fucking start, yeah, hit record and just see what starts coming out. And uh, yeah, that's what we ended up with. But look, whatever. This is obviously a bit more back to normal. We've got music playing in the background to start off with. We will have another, uh, I was going to say a wrestling promo, but there's actually an MMA promo I think I might play at the end of this. Um, yeah. A very positive one and one that's quite close to my heart for once i you know there's normally when i say i'm gonna play a wrestling promo at the end of it i don't know which one i'm gonna pick sometimes i do sometimes i don't but this time i, th- I think i know the one i want to pick and as i say it's not even a wrestling one it's actually a ufc one so yeah um that should be interesting so first things first i actually just came back from the cinema and despite having a really bad week it actually helped an awful lot it made me feel a lot better i went to see black adam starring Dwayne the rock johnson and i'm just going to call him the rock from now on because that's how i've always known him i've always known him as the rock i can never get into the habit of calling him Dwayne johnson it just feels too weird he'll always be the rock to me but i really enjoyed it uh funnily enough it was actually my first time in the cinema since october 2019 when i went to see the joker uh, with Joaquin Phoenix, which was a brilliant movie, I have to say. Uh, still one of my... I would say it's one of my all-time favourite films. Um, so this was quite good to get back and... Uh, get back into the cinema, get that atmosphere going again. There were some teenagers in there, though, who started doing this stupid game. And listen, I'm not going to say I never played this game. But it's the penis game. And it, that's, it's not as bad as it sounds. It's not a case of, you know, you go sh- swinging your dick around and showing your penis to everyone. It's when you shout the word penis as loud as you can because apparently that's funny and penis seems to be a funny word. But surely, like, you get to a certain age. Like, maybe if you're, like, 10, the word penis is kind of funny. But, like, if you're a teenager, come on. Like, really? And to be fair, no, like, it wasn't. there wasn't that many people in the... Um, in this the room, what what you call the the, you know the the room where they're playing the film. The, there wasn't that many people there, in in the screen, I suppose if you want to say. 
but there was one dad who had young kids with him who had no problem turning around and telling those lads to cop on. And fair play, because why pay money to go watch a film only to cause trouble? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, you're there to enjoy a film. Come on. Like, stop ruining it for everybody else just because you are a bunch of fucking twats who clearly have nothing better to do with their lives. And fingers crossed they can uh, mature a bit because, listen, when I was young, when I say young, when I was a teenager... Yeah, I was a bit immature. I think we're all a bit immature when we're teenagers. Like, that's, you know, part and parcel of what it is. You're maturing, you're growing, and you're learning. I'm 24 now, and I'm I'm still doing those things. But if you still think the word penis is funny at 15, 16 years old, and shouting it out is something that you think is humorous, yeah, you you might be a little bit behind in the old uh, intelligence spectrum. Anyways, on to the film. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil it or anything. But, uh, it was it was an enjoyable movie. I'm not going to lie, lads. Like I, I've never been big into Marvel or DC. It's just something that I, I don't dislike it, but I've never loved it. It's always been one of these things that I've had kind of a passing interest in. Like I love the Spider-Man movies. I absolutely adore them with Tobey Maguire. They are some of my favourite films, and I can't stress enough how much I enjoyed them, especially... You know, when I went to the cinema to see them. Like, they're brilliant. And when I was younger, I did like Spider-Man an awful lot. And I remember loving Daredevil as well. But I just never quite got into it the way a lot of other people did. Like, I hear people, like Porg and Alex, for example, have huge, like, hour-long debates about who would win between one superhero and another superhero. And listen, I'm a pro wrestling fan. So I'm I'm in no place to judge. But if I'm talking about, for example, this weekend, the match between Roman Reigns and Logan Paul, which we'll get onto in a little bit, I don't sit here and say, I think Roman Reigns is going to win because he, he used to play defensive tackle when he played football. So, you know, he might have a bit of an edge when it comes to, to grappling, even though Logan Paul has an amateur wrestling background, so he can counter that. I don't talk about it that way. I would say, oh, well, like, I think Roman Reigns is going to win because... They want to keep the title on him until WrestleMania when maybe somebody like Cody Rhodes or Sami Zayn or maybe The Rock, but I'm thinking it's going to be Cody, maybe Seth Rollins, you never know. Uh, I think that, you know, that's when he'll eventually get dethroned. You know, I talk about it within the context of what it is. But I, yeah, that's one thing I don't really get about comic books. But look, I mean, listen, you could be into a lot worse things and I'm not like judging people for it or criticizing. It's just something I never quite got into. And when it came to Black Adam, it was really, really enjoyable. The one thing I will say about superhero movies, though, is that in a lot of cases, and I've noticed, no, I can't even speak English, I've noticed this a bit more in DC films than Marvel films. They rely a lot on action and not so much on storytelling. There is a story there to be told, and they do tell it well, but I think it relies a lot on the theatrics and the action. But with that said, I thought this told a decent story. Uh, was it over the top? Yes, but I, I'm okay with that. The Rock was fantastic. But listen, I'm I have I have a man crush on The Rock. Like literally, everyone knows how much I love The Rock. I fucking adore The Rock. From the age of about four or five, he was my first ever favorite wrestler. Um, so if anyone out there is sick about me talking about wrestling, you can blame The Rock because. He's the one who really 
drew me in. Um, and it's just crazy to see. Like, I, I think back to when I was four or five idolizing The Rock. And obviously he was a huge deal back then. But just to see what he's got on to do, like, he deserves massive credit. Transitioning so smoothly from wrestling into acting, which before him, very few could do. Hogan tried to do it and failed. Cena is doing it at the moment and doing really well at it, but The Rock is the one who paved the way. Batista's another guy doing it now brilliantly. And I think Cena and Batista owe The Rock an awful lot from that because he showed them that it was possible. Um, certain people have had trouble with it. Like, to be fair, like people like CM Punk have had, have had a decent level of success. Um, he's obviously done a few films when he left WWE, and I know he went back to AEW and stuff, and... You know, we all know, if well, if you're not a wrestling fan, you probably don't know, but, we, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, you'll know all the shit that's happened with CM Punk. But, yeah, like, he was doing his thing with the films, and I'm not going to sit here and say they were great films. Um, they were, you know, they were B-movies, but listen, there's nothing wrong with that. It's more than I've fucking been in when it comes to movies. But, uh, yeah, like, anyway, to get back on, on track, I, I just, I love The Rock. Um, uh, he, yeah, he was fantastic. Uh, Pierce Brosnan was in it as well, which was pretty cool. And yeah, like, it's just, it, it's one of those things where I, I felt like I'm enjoying this, but I feel like I'm not getting a lot of the story based off the fact that I'm not a fan. I don't follow DC or Marvel. I don't follow comics religiously. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm sure as many of you know, if you're familiar with Marvel or DC films, uh, they tend to have a post credit scene. And there was one... Here, where Stone Cold Steve Austin came out and challenged The Rock to a match at WrestleMania next year. Okay, obviously that didn't happen, but there was a post-credit scene, which, uh, I, listen, I understood what it was, and I can, I can tell why people are, uh, excited about where that's gonna go, and the, uh, you know, how, how that's gonna develop, but, yeah. I I think I've matured a lot when it comes to things like wrestling and movies and anything that's performative in the sense that I'm not so much about the action anymore as much as I am about the storytelling. Like, I love now when, a, when someone can tell me a good story. And I went to see this film with Alex, Black Adam, and he asked me afterwards what I would give it out of 10. And I said, I give it a solid 7. I was, was going to give it a 6. But then I thought, no, that that's too low. It was definitely above average. But the the way the, there was a few reasons why I knocked it down. The first reason was the CGI at times was a bit naff, if I'm being totally honest. I thought it looked it was it was Mummy Returns levels of, yeah, that looks kind of bad. Um but there were but I I, I can't like I can't fully knock it for that because some of the other bits of CGI I thought were done really well. Um, it was kind of mixed in that regard. Another reason was because I thought the end of it dragged a little bit. And I thought that, it, you know, they could have knocked a couple of scenes off. There, there was a couple of things in there I thought. It was a bit of overkill. In wrestling, we would say it was a bit overbooked. And that's how I felt about it. And the last reason I'm knocking it down isn't the movie's fault, it's my, it's kind of, not my fault, but it's kind of more on me than it is on the film, uh, there was a lot of things that kind of went over my head, um, actually, no, that's not, no, sorry, let me take that back, that's not why I knocked it down, that's just a kind of observation from my part, the other reason I knocked it down was because when I watch a superhero movie, I don't like how these superheroes are part of 
quote-unquote real life. Real life within the context of the story. I prefer when it's just these larger-than-life characters all in the same universe going for each other. Kind of like Avengers or maybe Suicide Squad. I remember that with Batman vs. Superman, which I was just... I did not enjoy that film at all. The fact that I think it was Superman's wife was so heavily involved in it, it just kind of... It, it, it kind of ruined it for me. Now, I thought that film was a bit crap anyway. I just... I couldn't enjoy it. And then that stupid thing of... Batman's not going to kill Superman because their mothers have the same name. And people can say, no, you're, you're missing the, the meaning of it, man. There's such a deeper meaning. I don't care. We're just going to have to agree. If it worked for you, it worked for you. But it didn't work for me, so we're just going to have to agree to disagree. But I thought that was one of the most stupid pieces of storytelling ever. And that was one criticism of Black Adam I would have, is that it was a well-told story overall, but I don't like how real-life normal people, for lack of a better term, are interacting with these larger-than-life beings. If you're going to go all out with this over-the-top stuff, go all out with it. I don't really like half and half, but that's just a personal preference. But I would recommend people go to see it if you're up for a fun movie with a good story. And obviously, if you're into these types of films, like superhero films, yeah, I I would definitely say check it out. But that's all the news in the world of movies. There is that Banshee movie. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head with Brendan Gleeson. I really want to check that out. I know a few people at work have gone to see it and... Uh, I've, 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 you know, the taxi driver today who brought me home, I think he went to see it, and I've not heard a bad word about it, so, yeah, I probably would have gone to see that today instead, if The Rock wasn't Black Adam. I will watch anything with The Rock in it, because I'm just a mark for The Rock. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, speaking of The Rock, and speaking of, you know, performance and wrestling... The Rock's cousin, Roman Reigns, will be wrestling Logan Paul this Saturday at Crown Jewel. We're yet to find out if it's still going to be in Saudi Arabia, because there is apparently some sort of threat from a Middle East country. I can't remember if it was Iran or Iraq, so you're going to have to excuse my ignorance there. But there is apparently a little threat that some of the other Middle East countries are going to be targeted with some sort of attack, and that it's putting Crown Jewel in jeopardy of not going ahead in Saudi Arabia. I know a lot of people are quite critical of WWE's relationship with Saudi Arabia, which is totally understandable. I get WWE's side of it as well, though. It is a lot of money. It's a way of them... If When it comes to PR, it looks good, because Saudi Arabia is trying to move forward with the times and trying to give more rights for women and you know, for lack of a better term, to become a bit more Western. But uh, there's obviously complications when trying to do things like that. Have any of the Crown Jewel slash Saudi Arabia pay-per-views been that good? Uh, The most recent one I actually thought was pretty uh, decent, where Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar had their match for the title. Was that last year? I think it was. I remember that one was pretty decent. Greatest Royal Rumble was okay. That was the first one. It was was a spectacle. Uh, It was... It was it was fine. I don't think it was terrible. It was a bit of a glorified house show, but it, you know it was what it was. But yeah, obviously seeing you know the fiend lose to Goldberg and uh, fucking what else happened? The the terrible match between Undertaker and Goldberg, and then the Undertaker and Kane versus Shawn Michaels and Triple H match, which was 
so bad for so many reasons. The fact that Shawn Michaels kind of ruined his perfect retirement. Uh, the, the fact that these were four legends who just were far past their prime and couldn't go the way they wanted to go um, before. And it's such a shame because you, th- you think back to maybe 2008, 2009, and if a DX versus Brothers of Destruction match had happened then, oh boy, it would have been fucking epic. It would have been great. And it would have been just the perfect blend of in-ring psychology and larger-than-life auras coming together. It would have been great. It would have been absolutely fantastic. But in 2018, it was a different story. And uh, not a very good story, unfortunately. But yeah, that will be interesting. Apparently, WWE do have a backup plan if they can't go to Saudi Arabia. But uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Uh, But speaking of Logan Paul, his brother, Jake Paul, defeated Anderson Silva in a boxing match last Saturday. You know what? Um, It was definitely the fight I enjoyed the most when it comes to Jake Paul. Uh, I didn't watch the Tyrone Woodley fight, uh, or the second one. I didn't watch either of those live I don't think I watched the second one at all, actually. I did see the first one, I think, but I think I saw it like a week after it happened. And it was, yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, his fight with Ben Askren was quick, but that pay-per-view is by far the worst pay-per-view I've ever bought. And I did watch December to Dismember live. Like, there's been some bad wrestling pay-per-views. But there's always... Even in a really shit wrestling show, there'll normally be one or two good matches. To kind of, you know, Backlash 2018, for example, was kind of shit. But Seth Rollins and The Miz had a brilliant match for the Intercontinental title. WrestleMania 27 was not a great WrestleMania, but it has one of my all-time favorite matches between Undertaker and Triple H. Two years later was the same story, WrestleMania 29. It made me take a fucking break from wrestling for a bit. It was that bad. Um, but it did have a very good match between The Undertaker and CM Punk. Like, bad wrestling pay-per-views normally have a bit of positivity about them. And sometimes bad wrestling shows are fun to watch. And that might sound kind of weird, but there's something about when a wrestling show is bad. You can kind of look back at it and go, ah, wasn't that kind of funny when this didn't go to plan or whatever. Because, yeah, because of the nature of, of the beast. It's, it's you know, it is a scripted pantomime show with obviously a real risk to it but that's almost the beauty of like it, sometimes things can be so bad that they're good and I'm not saying that bad wrestling shows are good but what I'm saying is it's so bad that like sometimes you almost have to go back and watch it to see like wow was it really that bad like I rewatched uh, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar from Wrestlemania 34 in 2018 which people were saying oh, it all was such a bad match and it was a terrible main event and I watched it back it's actually not a bad match. Like, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar have great chemistry. They have had some very good matches, and it's actually a good match. But the crowd had no interest in seeing Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar. People, I think, were a little bit fed up with Brock at the time just because they felt like his matches were getting quite repetitive and, you know, the same story was kind of being told over and over again of the, you know, the... the squeaky clean babyface trying to dethrone the beast incarnate and i i understand that but the match itself is actually good it just was not the right crowd and it was not the right time and it was weird because they had another match at summerslam just a couple of months later and they had a match at greatest royal rumble 
that was the cage match which had that really weird finish i just remembered that now that's pretty crazy um but yeah th- uh, th- that that's the thing about you know bad wrestling shows they they can have good in them whereas jake paul versus ben Askren, that whole pay-per-view was such a disaster and this was at a time as well where we were still in lockdowns and stuff so there was no fans in attendance it was cool seeing rick flair there I remember there being a couple of concerts there too, and it was like, what is the point? Like, I get it, these artists aren't touring at the moment because there's no fans, so they have to make money too, but... Oh, it was so boring. Uh, Frank Mir fought that night. I can't remember who he fought, but I know he lost, but it was the best fight of the night. But it was still bad. And that's going back to what I was saying before. WrestleMania 29 wasn't a, ba- wasn't a good show, but it had a great match between Undertaker and CM Punk. WrestleMania 27 wasn't really a good show, but it had one of my all-time favourite matches with The Undertaker and Triple H. Frank Mir and whoever he boxed that night wasn't a great boxing fight, but there were worse boxing fights that night, which made that one seem better than it actually was. And it was just a disaster of a show, and the main event was, you know... Was it impressive that Jake Paul beat Ben Askren? Uh, If it was an MMA fight or an amateur wrestling match, maybe... But in a boxing match, no, because Ben Askren wasn't really renowned for his striking. So I wouldn't say uh, it was that impressive. Is it impressive that he beat Anderson Silva? Yes, it is, because I wouldn't want to fight Anderson Silva. (laughs) You know, um, I wouldn't. But Anderson Silva is older. You know, he's, he's past his prime. Jake Paul is a decent boxer. Like I think that uh, I- I'll give him credit where it's due. Like he's 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 better than I think a lot of people want to give him credit for. But I think you know, like it's it's smart what he's doing. It is smart what he's doing. He's he's taking on these big names who had great reputations in mixed martial arts, uh, who had you know legacies that uh, a lot of people could only dream of. But they're past their prime, and not apart from Anderson Silva, not renowned for their striking. Um, I will say Anderson Silva looked a bit lost without being able to throw any kicks. Didn't look as comfortable as he would have in, in a, a mixed martial arts environment, but still, it's Anderson Silva. So, you know, you got to give credit where it's due. Uh, but I think it is time for Jake Paul to fight someone in their prime. I'm not saying it has to be Canelo fucking Alvarez, but like, just someone better. I, there was obviously rumors about Tommy Fury. I love Tyson Fury, but I just don't like Tommy Fury. Uh, it's probably the one time I would want Jake Paul to win. I, I don't really have anything against Jake Paul, but like when it came to the Ben Askren fight, I wanted Ben Askren to win just because, you know, the, the, the mixed martial arts fan in me wanted, wants to back the MMA guy. Same with Anderson Silva. I'm obviously a big Anderson Silva fan. To be honest with you, he, as much as I respect him and as much as I think he's a legend of the sport and of combat sports in general... I was never the biggest Anderson... I I wasn't the biggest Anderson Silva fan compared to other people. Like, I was a Bisping guy. I was a Brock guy. I was a Matt Hughes guy. I was a GSP guy. Anderson Silva was up there uh, to a certain extent, but not as much as those guys. Um, So, yeah, there's that. But still, I I backed Anderson Silva against Jake Paul. I think if it came to a fight with Tommy Fury... I would 100% back Jake Paul because I just don't like Tommy Fury. Um, so yeah, that's it's it's cool though. Like to be fair to the, to the Paul brothers, like they're making just it's 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 great to see because they have such a unique following when it comes to their social media and YouTube. Uh, you know, 
audience and the fact that they've introduced a lot of those people to combat sports. And with Logan Paul in particular, like I think it's great that he's getting eyes, young eyes especially, on WWE. Because I was only saying it to Alex today, like, it's kind of sad to see that young people aren't getting in, around here at least, they're not getting into wrestling as much as they used to. And I'm a lifelong pro wrestling fan, obviously, and I'm a pro wrestling referee, and I will get onto RCW in a minute. But, like, my brother and sister are now huge wrestling fans, but they got it from me. My nephew Eli, he's he's quite a big wrestling fan as well. Um, and he's big into combat too, because his dad's a big uh, combat fan, a big MMA fan, and, and uh, a fan of combat sports in general. So, like, it's been passed down to Kara, Sean, and Eli, my, my siblings and my nephew. And hopefully my nephew Sonny as well. Hopefully he'll get into combat as well. Because I, I just, you know, it's, it's, it literally is in our family. Alex, obviously, as well, is, is a big combat fan. But, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Is it just because wrestling isn't as present on the TV anymore? Like, I don't think there's anything on Sky 1. I don't even know if Sky 1 is still a thing. Um, You know, it's it's obviously on BT Sport now, which isn't as accessible as, as Sky was. Like, there's no BT 1 with, you know, wrestling highlights on a Saturday morning. And I just feel like, I don't know, it's just something that seems to not be present anymore. Because I was... Before we went to the cinema, we went into Tesco just to pick up a drink. Uh, not an alcoholic drink, obviously. <laughs> I don't know why I had to explain that. And we were just kind of walking around. We went down and had a look at, like, headphones and stuff. And just before the aisle with headphones, I was like, fuck it, there's, there's, toy, there's toys and action figures here. Let's see if there's any wrestling uh, action figures here. And there was nothing. And it is quite sad to see. Now, it's different if you go up to the city and, you know, go into Smith's or whatever. There's loads of wrestling stuff there. And I think I'm more probably specifically talking about East Cork than Cork or Ireland in general. um, When it comes to there not being as many young wrestling fans anymore. But it is quite sad to see because I was lucky enough when I was growing up that pretty much everyone was into wrestling. And even though I stayed into it and other people kind of faded away, there was still that big influence there. And I think... Almost everyone you meet was a wrestling fan at one stage of their life, and you can kind of have that conversation with them about when they watched it, but I don't know, it just seems to be something that's kind of fading a little bit now, which is a shame, but yeah, um, that's why I think Logan Paul is good in that sense, because he brings more eyes to it, and very young eyes to the product as well, and then it's cool they get to see guys like Roman Reigns, or Sami Zayn, or, um, you know... uh, Cody Rhodes, hopefully when he comes back, Seth Rollins, Matt Riddle, um, you know, they get to see these guys there and hopefully they can become fans. Like that's that's the ultimate goal. And uh I think Bray Wyatt is someone else who's who's really cool that they can, you know I, I think I said it a few weeks ago, like wrestling sometimes gets a reputation for having bad acting. And yeah, there is definitely some people in wrestling who could do with a few acting lessons to say the least, but Bray Wyatt's definitely not one of those people. He's a great performer. You always believe what he's saying. I think because he makes himself believe it. Um, and yeah, like there's these really cool characters and athletes that they can see, which uh, would hopefully t- turn turn them onto the product, even if Logan Paul steps away from it when, whenever that may happen. So fair play to him and fair play to Jake Paul. They've built up this huge following. It's great to see them getting people into combat sports. And yes, I am going to count wrestling as a combat sport. So combat sports slash sports entertainment. Uh, it's it's great. It's absolutely great, and uh, it's you know it's cool to see. Speaking of wrestling, I'm 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 trying to get used to these segues. You know what I mean. I'm I'm trying to introduce segues uh, a lot more on here because I just think they're cool. 
Um, but obviously, Rebel County Wrestling, RCW, will have its very first show this Saturday in the Kino. I nearly knocked my microphone over there. That gave me a fright. Wouldn't be the first time. Uh, but yes, I will be... Uh, I was going to say I'll be in attendance. I'll be fucking refereeing the show, uh, which I'm very excited about. I think there's still, at the time of recording, limited tickets available. All the seats are sold out, but I'm sure there's some standing tickets available, but they might be gone now. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, very excited about that. We have a uh, family-friendly show at 3 o'clock, I believe, and then the adult show uh, later on that night. It's exciting. It's great that Cork Wrestling is living on. And, you know, it hasn't ended with Phoenix. It's now been, not reborn, because this is a different entity, but it's been uh, revamped, let's just say. And it's funny, because I know RCW did send out a tweet today about a wrestling school in Cork, which hopefully that can happen soon, because, yeah, I, I think COVID really fucked over Cork wrestling an awful lot. It really did. And whilst I'm proud to be from Munster, and I always was proud to say... You know, for example, Unlock Stock and Two Meters Apart was the first ever all-Munster wrestling show with all-Munster talent, with pretty much every county being represented in Munster, as far as I know. So you had, obviously, loads of lads from Cork, Steve from Limerick, um, Flint from Kerry. Butch wasn't there, but he did have a vignette appearance, so technically that's Waterford covered. Uh, oh, at Burnsy as well. Uh, was Burnsy there? Oh, no, Burnsy wasn't there. Never mind. Uh, so, yeah, we'll just count Butch for that. Uh, was there any fun from Tipperary or Clare? Okay, okay. well, f- four out of six isn't bad. But, yeah, um, I, I, you know, but anyway, to get back on to top, uh, onto the topic, yeah, Cork Wrestling has definitely been starved of a training school and, you know, the opportunity. Because, like, listen, Limerick isn't a million miles away, but Limerick is fucking awkward to get to. Like, especially when I left last year for a bit um i just couldn't commit to it with my acting course and eventually when that finished and i was working again even though i was still doing acting lessons and i still am um just trying to get to limerick after work on a weekday at six o'clock it's just neon impossible and weekends especially being from Cloyne, very difficult so i think if it was in cork it would just make things a lot easier you know what I mean? Uh, so so hopefully that can happen. Hopefully we hear more on that soon. But yeah, RCW this Saturday at the Kino. Really, really looking forward to it. Uh, I have to give I have to give a big shout out to Billy Bedlam, and I know he's probably sick of hearing me say things like this, but genuinely, Billy Bedlam. Um, I've just I can't thank the man enough. Um, for the opportunities he's given me and the trust he's put in me as well. Uh, to be a referee, and even though yeah, I haven't always been able to, you know, be. A regular attendee at trainings and whatnot. I I think that's really good, and I you know unfortunately I think it might have rubbed some people the wrong way. Uh, nobody's ever said it to me, but sometimes they don't need to say it to you. You can just kind of you can just feel people being a little bit cold towards you. Um, and I'm not afraid to say that because I speak my mind. This is my show. I can say what I want. Uh, and yes, it's our show. Whoever listens to this show and enjoys it, it's our show. But you know, I'm the one speaking, so. I'll speak my mind. Uh, I I know some people probably aren't too happy that someone who doesn't train every week is getting opportunities, um, you know, that have, uh, you know, that other people might like as well. But what I will say is that I I must be doing something right. If I'm being trusted with these huge events, um, 
and to be a part of them and I have a great relationship with, with Foxy as well the, 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 the number one referee in Ireland I've got a great relationship with him he was kind enough actually uh, the tag match uh, on the last show with uh, uh, Reardon O'Connor and um, I'm tired lads I can't even remember who else is in the fucking match I apologise but th- that tag match Foxy was actually supposed to referee that match but he was like oh, listen if you want to go ahead with it by all means and I remember I was not hesitant because I didn't want to do it, but I was like, oh, I was like, I, I, I don't mind. Like, and he's like, yeah, fuck it. If you're up for it, if, if you feel good, go for it. So Bedlam has put a lot of trust into me. Foxy's put a lot of trust into me. So I must be doing something right if that's the case. And lads, everyone knows I love wrestling. I do. And I'm like all wrestling fans. There are times where wrestling can get the best of you and you stress out over it and you go, oh, I remember College Humor had a great video on wrestling where one of the lines was uh, someone goes to uh, so it's it's a, if you can find it on YouTube do uh, it's really funny it's a guy like shitting all over wrestling and then the other guy is also shitting on wrestling but he's he's shitting so the first guy is shitting on it as someone who isn't a fan and is saying oh it's, it's all fake it's all bullshit or whatever and then the other guy's like crapping on wrestling because he's a fan of wrestling and he starts criticizing how oh, like, these talent are being underutilized and they need to start doing this better. And the the first guy goes, wait a minute, you like wrestling? And the guy who he says that to has the perfect response. Of course I like wrestling. That's why I hate it. <laughs> I think uh, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley, Bully Ray, he, he put out a, a great tweet before. Nobody hates wrestling more than wrestling fans. And it's so true. And you know one thing I accepted this year? was I'm a WWE guy. I love wrestling. I love I love all wrestling. But I'm a WWE guy. WWE will always be number 1. If I ever felt burnt out or I, if I ever felt stressed at wrestling and I you know was like, "Oh, I I need to step away whether it was for a week, a month or in 2013 pretty much for a year, WWE was what always brought me back in. Always. With, with all due respect to companies like AEW or Impact Wrestling or Ring of Honor or New Japan Pro Wrestling or, you know, whatever the promotion may be, WWE is always the thing that's brought me back in because it's it's just the best one, in my opinion. It, and it's this isn't an opinion, this is just a fact. It's the biggest one. I love all forms of mixed martial arts by forms. I mean, I love a lot of mixed martial arts promotions. I, me, uh, my cousin Adam and Alex... Uh, my cousins Adam and Alex, I should say, we're all going to Bellator in February, uh, February 24th, which is four days before my birthday, which is great, in the Three Arena. I love watching Bellator, I love watching 1FC, I love watching Eagle FC. But UFC is where it's at. Like, UFC is my favourite, and it's the, the biggest one, and the best one. But I still love Bellator, and I'll watch any MMA promotion. Cage Warriors is another one. Um... Uh, the, the only wrestling promotion right now I struggle to get on board with sometimes. It's not even AEW, because I think AEW, even though the hype has worn off a bit, there's some good shit there. I love MJF. I love uh, Hangman Adam Page. Um, you know, Christian's there. I love Christian. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys in AEW I really like and do some really good work. Uh, Brian Danielson's there, of course, one of the best wrestlers of all time. But it's It's New Japan Pro Wrestling, unfortunately. Uh, New Japan is just a shadow of what it used to be. And I think, and I love Okada, but I think Okada is part of the reason why it's struggling. And it's not his fault. They've just never quite found the guy to 
Well, okay, let me take that back. I was going to say they never quite found the guy to take over from Okada. They did, and that was Naito. But then Naito lost to fucking Evil, of all people, for the IWGP title. And with all due respect to Evil, he's a good wrestler and he's got an interesting character. But he wasn't the guy to take over. And yeah, sometimes, you know, you need that shock factor. And that, you know, a match that has a result where you go, oh shit, I did not see that coming. But I don't think that was the right time for it. I think Naito deserved better. Uh, now, Will Ospreay is great as well, but I feel like his momentum got a little bit derailed because of that too. And yeah, unfortunately, I just feel like New Japan has become a little bit stale. Like the whole Forbidden Door thing with AEW and New Japan, it kind of felt like it was two years too late. And obviously with COVID, you could only do so much, but the hype had worn down a bit. Um... Like, for me, the real Forbidden Door would be WWE and either AEW or New Japan. That would be great. And listen, you never know because Triple H has opened that Forbidden Door a bit. The Great Muda, who will obviously be retiring uh, in January. Shinsuke Nakamura is going to be wrestling Great Muda on January 1st for Pro Wrestling Noah, another great Japanese wrestling promotion. That's fucking crazy. And, and, and this is the great thing about Triple H is that he's going to be more open to these ideas than Vince was, per se. I think Chris Jericho talked about that story when uh, he had that match with Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom in 2018. I can't remember what Wrestle Kingdom number that was. Uh, 12, I think. Yeah, I think that was Wrestle Wrestle Kingdom 12, but I'm willing to be wrong about that. But it was Wrestle Kingdom in 2018. Vince was kind of fine with it at first. But then obviously the next night at uh, New Year's Dash, Jericho attacked Naito, who then... Uh, he went on to have a match with at Dominion and he became IWGP Intercontinental Champion. But Vince, after the attack on Naito on January 5th, wasn't very happy. And Jericho said, look, I did it because it might lead to something else and we can do that. And if not, well, at least I can leave with my heat, which was fair. But Vince got a bit picked and obviously Jericho would end up leaving WWE and doing his thing with New Japan and eventually it led to him going to AEW, which... Looking back is quite mind-boggling to think about. Uh, and yeah, like, you know, that's that's where we ended up with, with that. But with Triple H, it's going to be very interesting to see what doors might get open. And WWE will probably become a bit more willing to work with other, with other promotions. When it comes to AEW, give it a few years and I could see it potentially happening. Right now, I don't know. Because uh, I know people like John Moxley are a little bit... Uh, you know, I, I think there is still a bit of bad blood between himself and WWE. I know that might have been more towards Vince, but still, I, because it's still early days of Triple H, I'm not too sure if John Moxley is going to be willing to um, go that extra mile to do that show with WWE, that this hypothetical show that I've um, kind of made up in my own head. There's a really good video over on YouTube, actually. I'm not sure who it was by, uh, and I just can't be arsed checking it out now, and it's sure it's quite easy to find if you just YouTube it, uh, which was uh, uh, potential WWE versus AEW Forbidden Door card. And I tell you what, lad, it looked fucking tasty. You should definitely check it out. Um, it, there was some really mouth-watering uh, perspectives there when it comes to uh, dream matches. So, yeah. You never know. Ho- hopefully one day. I'd like to see it. And I think the fact that Cody Rhodes is in WWE and, you know, there might be... Yeah, we- we'll see. We'll see. You know, um... There is that sense of tribalism in wrestling. And as I said, look, I'm a WWE guy, but people can enjoy whatever they want to enjoy. 
you know what I mean? Like wrestling is is in a very good place right now. Like when it comes to WWE, the independents and Japan, I think is doing well overall. Even though New Japan is a, a little bit stale, I do think the other promotions are doing quite well. Um, so yeah, like, but you know, I just, I just think it would be great. It would be great. I think it would bring the fans together a bit more. You know what I mean? Um. Like, it was funny, when I was leaving uh, the Millennium Stadium after Clash of the Castle, when Roman Reigns beat Drew McIntyre, I remember someone, like, getting very angry, being like, he- he's just not a great, or, uh, about Roman Reigns, he's just not the best wrestler in the company, like, he's just not, like, he's he's just not that great a wrestler, and I'm like, you think Roman Reigns is not that great of a wrestler? And this is what kind of annoys me. Like, I just said there, Brian Danielson slash Daniel Bryan, technically, one of the best wrestlers of all time. Like the Wrestling Observer newsletter, I'm not saying it's it's the holy grail of wrestling. Like I I, I get frustrated with it sometimes because it can be quite inconsistent uh, when it comes to Dave Meltzer's uh, rating system. But I, I, I decided a long time ago not to care too much about that. It's one man's opinion. I, I respect Dave Meltzer. Listen, I that the man puts his life and soul into watching as much wrestling as he can. Uh, and it's it's one man's opinion, so like you shouldn't get too worked up about it, especially when he's only you know he's just doing his job or whatever. And listen, we all have different tastes, and you can tell with Dave Meltzer, his taste changes over time, whatever. But I was there, like, uh, but sorry, the reason I bring up the uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter is because uh, they literally for their awards they've named the best technical wrestler award the Brian Danielson Award. So that will tell you, like, and I and I think Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, whatever you want to call him is a great storyteller. Like, he uses his technical ability to tell great stories. But I'm there thinking, like, some people have this, you know, stereotypical type of great wrestler in their head. Like, people think that the only thing that makes a great wrestler is someone who's technically gifted, can do, like, these incredible high-flying maneuvers, and can Canadian destroy someone like there's no fucking tomorrow. When, for me, that's not the case. I think a great wrestler is someone who can tell a really good story, is engaging with their promos, can work with pretty much anybody, and they don't do moves for the sake of doing moves. The moves mean something. I'll take a elbow drop that means something over a 450 triple splash 5000 megatron which is a move i've just made up but like yeah i'll I'll take an elbow drop that means something over a 450 splash off the top of a ladder that might look cool any day of the week because i want an engaging story like i was saying it to alex today i've matured that way i think i said at the start of this show as well i've matured that way in the sense that when it comes to when I'm watching any type of performance, whether it's wrestling or um, a movie or a TV show, it's about the story. It's about engaging with the audience and keeping you interested in it and having everything make sense. And as I said at the start, just having ha- having the story told really well. I'll take that over action for the sake of action, which I think a lot of superhero movies can do. A lot of wrestling promotions do it where they do things just because it looks cool. I'm not saying you can't do cool moves. Of course you can. Like, I think that's what makes Rey Mysterio the greatest luchador of all time. Is that he mightn't do these unbelievable looking moves all the time. 
but he does them when they make sense. And he does them so rarely that when he eventually does do them, you're like, oh my god, I can't believe Rey Mysterio just did that. Like, I remember the time he wrestled Andrade, I can't remember if it was on Raw or SmackDown, but he wrestled Andrade a couple of years ago, and he threw out a Canadian Destroyer, which WWE didn't really do at the time at all. And Raid hadn't done in fucking years. And it was like, oh my god, I can't believe that just happened. I'll take that over someone doing a Canadian Destroyer in every match. Like, I remember Luke and Ollie from WrestleTalk said they went to a... I can't remember, was it Rev Pro? I think they went to see. Um, or some other English uh, or UK indie promotion. Where in the opening match, someone did a Canadian Destroyer on the ring apron as a setup move for something else. In the opening match. Like, that's... I hate that, because that's insulting the fans' intelligence a little bit, in my opinion. I think that insults the fans' intelligence because we all know what wrestling is. We all know it's a show. But, like, doing stuff like that is just kind of going, yeah, look, let's just look at our cool, flashy moves. I I don't know. Like, (laughs) I remember I was a huge PWG fan when I was a teenager and even as an early adult as well. But now there's a lot of PWG matches I can't go back and watch because it's just people flipping around. And Listen, PWG was kind of like the American version of DDT. Uh, which is another Japanese wrestling promotion, where it is, it's bizarre, it's wild, and it's supposed to be, it's just, it's fun, and it's, yeah, it's a bit silly, but, uh, I don't know, I don't think I could watch that now, like, th- that's something I love about Cody Rhodes, uh, is that like, his matches are just, they're just great stories, they're like mini-movies, and I think Cody is one of the best in the world that he doesn't get enough credit, and to go back onto the point I was making, Roman Reigns, this idea that he's not a great wrestler is so stupid. It's actually, uh, it, it's, I'll say it, I don't care, it's a stupid opinion. It may not be your cup of tea, but Roman Reigns is a fantastic professional wrestler. Because he gets it. He doesn't need to do all these cool, big, flashy moves. He tells great stories, both on the mic and in the ring. Simple as that. Simple as that. Give me great storytelling over flippy shit any day of the week. That's a great place to end the wrestling talk, which I'm sure has bored half of you to death, but I don't care because it's made me feel good. And let me take that back. It's not that I don't care if I've bored you to death. It's just these are things that I I like talking about that make me happy. And yeah, I think after uh, Tuesday night's episode, which was, oh, lads, I was in so, I'll be honest with you, I was in such a bad place when I recorded that. And to try and, you know, get into performance mode was was tough and it's it's a long time since i found that tough to get into performing mode the last year or so it was just second nature to me and i was just able to do it and get on with it and it was great but it was it was tough tuesday it's it's just been a rough few days here it really has been i I spoke about that panic attack which oh lads i'll be honest i'm still recovering from it uh it was by far the biggest panic attack i've ever had in my life like no if ands or buts. It was uh it was pretty fucking bad. But I'm I'm on the mend. I think getting out of the house for a bit today and, and going to the cinema and enjoying myself and having a few conversations with Alex about just topical things was uh was really good and uh it was just great. It was great. And I, I'm you know, I'm hoping Saturday now with RCW I can come out of my shell a bit more and we can get back on track and uh yeah. Let's uh let's let's keep pushing forward as as they say. Trying to think of any other bits of news uh in the world of whatever. 
Remember that episode I did a few weeks ago where I tried to tell the news? That was when I rebranded the show to Turl Talks. Oh, lads. I still love that name, but it, that, was a, that was a decision made purely after one bad incident in Klein. And I went, fuck this. I'm distancing myself from Klein. I can't be arsed. And here we are again, straight out of Klein. But I think we'd, we'd built up the brand so much. Like, listen, it's still a small brand, but we'd built it up to a level where I felt like, yeah, probably... I couldn't change it. I thought, listen, I tried it. It didn't work. And I can acknowledge that. Uh, just like you have to acknowledge your tribal chief, Roman Reigns. And, and we move on and we move forward. Uh, it wasn't very oozy of me to change it. If you know, you know. I did see that people are getting quite mad at Kane. Um, not Harry Kane. Uh, Kane from WWE. Uh, also known as Glenn Jacobs, the mayor of Knox County. Over a tweet, which I will pull up. Because... Uh, I only kind of saw it in passing. Um, I didn't really see what the full extent of it was. So just bear with me a moment. Glenn Jacobs. Let's see what the story is, if I can find him. I keep forgetting he spells Glenn with two N's, doesn't he? He does. So Glenn Jacobs said... Do-do-do-do-do. Let's try and find it. Uh... Glenn Jacobs. Here we go. So, uh, over the past couple of days, my office has been flooded with calls concerning all ages drag shows. Let me be clear, I don't care what consenting adults do, but leave kids out of it. As mayor, I will do everything I can to ensure these events don't happen on Knox County property. Uh, currently, however, no law on the books gives me authority to address what happens in private businesses. I do and will support any effort of our state. Uh of our oh why the fuck does twitter do this sorry i'm after losing the tweet uh i can't even remember where i was so i'm just gonna start again currently however no law on the books uh, gives me authority to address what happens in private businesses i do and will support uh any effort of our state uh legislator leg leg i'm gonna skip that word because it's too hard for me to say it, to prevent the sexualization of our children and okay that's interesting I don't know a lot about drag shows, so I'm not really in a place to say whether uh, Kane, I'm not calling him Glenn Jacobs, that's too weird, whether Kane is right or wrong in what he says, and some people might get mad at me about that. But listen, lads, I suppose what I would say there is, I've, you know, so as I said, I only kind of saw it in passing, but I saw a couple of people who are wrestling journalists are just involved in wrestling. Not wrestlers, but people who are involved in wrestling get quite mad at Kane about it. And this is what I'm going to say about that. Kane has a right to come out and say he doesn't like children being involved in drag shows. I'm not saying whether he's right or wrong about that. I'm saying he has a right to come out and say that. Just like the people responding to him have a right to say, I disagree with you, Kane slash Glenn. I think these shows are okay. I don't know what happens at drag shows whether it's all ages or whether it's just adults, I don't know. It's not really my scene. I don't really care if people do it or not. It's I, I don't know. As I say, I don't know anything about it, so I can't really comment on it. But what I would say about that is, if you don't live in Knox County, and if you don't really get involved in drag shows, don't stress about it. I'm not saying you can't disagree with Kane. I'm not saying that you can't say that, no, Kane, I disagree with you there. I think it's okay. That's totally fine. But just try not to stress out about it. If it doesn't directly involve you, don't stress yourself over it. I would say the same thing to Kane. I'd be like, okay, look, you're in a position of power and 
you know, um, again, as I say, I would have to look into these types of things more, but I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what happens at, at these shows. And, like, it's quite interesting now that Elon Musk has taken over Twitter, for example, and people are, obviously, I think it's great. Free speech is out there, and uh, people can say what they want to say within reason, and it's, you know, I feel like there's going to be a lot more opinions out there which i think is great and will it cause a bit more arguments on there 100 percent. but you need to allow people to speak on issues that they want to speak on no matter what take they have on it as i say to a certain extent if someone goes on there and says i think all black people should die well then no you shouldn't be able to say that because you know that's that's racist (laughs) Um, but I, I do think, and I can, I, I can say this, and you know, fuck, I'm gonna say it, I don't care anymore. I, I'm a bisexual man, and I, I think what some people consider homophobic is ridiculous. I really do, I, I think some people use the word homophobic way too much. I don't like the word, I'm, I think I spoke about this with Porig before, and he actually made this point, and I agree with him. The, the fact that the word phobic is there is bad because phobic or phobia means fear. Like, I have arachnophobia. I am terrified of spiders. I hate spiders, yes, but it's more a fear of spiders that I have. Like, I, I don't like... I don't like mice, but I'm not afraid of mice. So, like, I, I don't know what, like... like what? Let me Google that. A fear of mice. This is going to be a long-ass episode, but I don't care. Um... Let me just see. So, fear of mice. Musophobia is a fear of mice or rats. So, like, I wouldn't. I don't have that because I'm not afraid of mice. I just don't like them. I mean, I don't care about them outside. Just don't come into my fucking personal space. Like, it is what it is, man. You know what I mean? Um. So I I don't like how if someone says something. If you were to ask me, do I think that's homophobic, what Kane said, I'm going to say no. And the reason I'm going to say no is because I don't think that's showing a fear of people who want to dress up in drag or, you know, people who are gay or whatever. I don't consider that homophobic. And I I'm, I will sit here and say, Kane has a right to say that. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to like it. Can you be offended by it? If you want to be. But I don't think it's something that he that he shouldn't be able to say. Like, I remember the fucking... I think it was, was it 2020. It was. It was 2020. Where people were coming out and saying uh, that the song Fairy Tale of New York should be censored on radios because it has the word faggot in it. If you think that song should be censored, I think you're a little bit... I think you're a little bit of an attention seeker and a bit of a uh, suck up to certain people because that song is, again, a story. A story is being told in that song. The person who uses the word faggot in that song is not a very nice person. They're not supposed to be a nice person. They are being portrayed as a bad person in that song. There is no need to censor that song. There isn't. I've yet to see one person who is gay, bisexual, transgender, lesbian, whatever. I'm yet to see one person of that category get offended by that song. 
There is a big difference between people singing Fairy Tale of New York and someone going up to someone who's gay or whatever and saying, you're a faggot. There is a huge difference. There just is. And that's something that needs to be acknowledged. You can't... You can't label everything as homophobic. Like, I, you know, someone asked me before, because I, I listen to a lot of, uh, and I watch a lot of Ben Shapiro videos, and I listen to a lot of uh, stuff that Ben Shapiro says, and it was a conversation I had with someone saying, well, Ben Shapiro said he wouldn't go to a gay wedding. How do, how do you feel about that? And I can sit here and say, Ben Shapiro has a right to come out and say that, and he has a right to not want to go to a gay wedding if he doesn't want to, and I can I can live with that. Do I agree with it? No. Because I would go to a gay wedding, no problem at all. And I'm a religious man as well. Ben Shapiro's religious. We're different. I'm I'm Christian. He's he's Jew, he's a Jewish. But if, if if he doesn't want to go to a gay wedding for religious beliefs, that's up to him. And if 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 someone else had that view as well, that's that's totally up to them. I know that there there was a footballer recently. I'm a huge football fan. I can't even fucking remember who it was. But there was a captain of a football team. I think was it in the Bundesliga. I think, in Germany, or it might have been somewhere else. But there was a footballer came out and said they are not going to wear the uh, rainbow captain's armband because of their religious beliefs. And that, you know, it, it wouldn't be... The way they put it, and I thought it was a very good way of putting it, it's not that they have anything against people who are gay, but because of their religious beliefs, they don't feel like they're the person to come out and show support of this. And some people will get very offended by that. And listen, if you want to get offended by it, that's up to you. But I can sit here and safely say I'm not one bit offended by it. And I think it's honourable that someone can come out so honestly and say that. And I don't see any disrespect in that. I don't see any reason for me to get offended. I'm like, listen, that's fair enough. It's 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 your life. You can have your, you know, that's your morals. That's your belief. And I'm totally fine with that. That's... That's okay. That's totally fine. And again, lads, it's 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 free speech. It's free speech. And Alex, you know, we had a conversation on here a few weeks ago as well about that. That free speech is very important. And Porig is someone who's as well who's a huge advocate for free speech. And that's not me sitting here saying you can come out and say whatever you want and, and condemn against other people. But if you want to come out and say, well, look, I'm, I'm not really sure about this. I, I, I'm not sure if I'm fully behind this or if I like this. That's fine. As I said, I'm a religious person, but I know people who are atheists. And they say that they don't believe in God. They don't believe in any religion. They, they don't want to get behind it. And to what I say to that is, that's okay. That is okay. You don't need to explain it to me. You are entitled to have your beliefs or in that case, your non-beliefs. Whatever. Everyone's different. We all have different beliefs, we all have different morals, we all have different circumstances or backgrounds that might make us feel a certain way about certain things. It's the way it is. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I know the non-binary conversation gets thrown out a lot. I, I, I spoke about that a few weeks ago on here. Some people heard what I said and were willing to have a conversation with me about it and be civil. And other people were quite angry and that's you know they have a right to do that too. It it is what it is. It just that's that's all I can say. It is what it is. Uh, I I I just think it's going to be very interesting to see how this goes 
with Elon Musk on Twitter. And I mean, I'm already seeing more tweets and I'm like, yeah, fuck it. A few months ago, I would not have seen this and there would have been war over it. Um, but I think it's refreshing to see. I see things on Twitter all the time that I don't agree with. But I think it's good that people have a right to do that. If you don't like it, you know where the block button is. You know where the mute button is. You can mute certain words on Twitter. Like one word I had to mute, and it's going to sound so stupid, was the word messy. And the only reason I didn't mute the word Ronaldo is because Ronaldo was my all-time favourite player. And he obviously plays for Manchester United as of this recording, who is the team I support. Uh, so I didn't want to miss out on any tweets about United. Especially, you know, now that Ronaldo is playing for us again. Um, for now. We'll see what happens after the World Cup. But, uh, yeah, there's a, a there's a way of muting certain words on Twitter. Like, you can decide what you want to see. And you can decide who you follow. And you can decide, on you know, what you like and what you don't like. But don't be trying to force that on other people. It's as simple as that, really. I'm an hour into this. Wow. Uh, what else can I talk about? Okay, I suppose we can talk about that. The World Cup. The World Cup's only a few weeks away. It's going to be so weird having a World Cup uh, over Christmas. And I've seen a lot of people come out and say they're not very excited about the World Cup this time round. I understand. Yeah, I, no, I get where they're coming from. And I feel like I'm probably not as excited for a Winter World Cup as I would be for a Summer World Cup. But I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm willing to give it a chance. Um, Gary Neville said something which I thought was, you know, f- a fair point that, you know, yeah, you have to give a World Cup to this part of the world because it's it's the World Cup. We have World Cups in Europe all the time. We have World Cups in South America all the time. We've had World Cups in North America, you know. Um, obviously, USA held a World Cup in the 90s. I think the Middle East, which exactly like with WWE and, and Crown Jewel, it, you know, they are trying to become a bit more westernized and to become a bit more progressive, for lack of a better term. And I know there's some uproar about how, uh, you know, shows of affection in Qatar are not exactly prohibited. And, you know, people are saying over oh, the LGBT um, community that that's not right. But these people need to remember as well that straight people are also being told to not show public signs of affection. So if, if a man and a woman kissed, they would be treated the same as two men who kissed or two women who kissed. Like it's it's not it's not a case of sexuality, it's it's a case of public affection in general. So, you know, it's just something to keep in mind, um, as well. And obviously there's uh no alcohol being sub- submitted at the games. They have sections of uh Qatar um kind of what's the word I'm looking for? There's little hubs for fans to go to where they can have a few drinks um, but they can't drink around the stadium or anything which I think is going to be a good thing and a bad thing a bad thing because it you know that's just part of the culture when it comes to football people like to have a drink or two not everybody but you know a lot of people do Uh, but I think it's a good thing because you know it might mean less trouble and it might mean people will behave themselves a bit more but you could also see it going in the opposite direction where people have way too much before they go to the stadium and it causes more uproar um, in in the meantime who am I supporting in the World Cup you might ask well I always say this as a Manchester United fan I go into every international tournament hoping that at least one United player comes away with the winner's medal so you can imagine at the Euros, I was quite disappointed when Italy won it because there was no Manchester United player and 
People say, oh, so you're saying you wanted England to win it. I'm not sitting here, I'm saying I was shouting for England. I was delighted for Luke Shaw when he scored because he's a United player. And I thought, it's always nice to see United players do well for their country. And I was like, look, if England win it, I'm not going to celebrate England winning a trophy, even though I personally have nothing against England. But I was like, at least I could walk away and go, well, that's Luke Shaw, Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, Harry Maguire. uh, Who else was in the team who plays for United? Is that it? I might be forgetting someone else, but it was definitely those four. Um, they would have all came away with winner's medals, and I'm like, yeah, well, look, they come back into the new season now at United with a international winner's medal. That's great. When France won the World Cup in 2018, I was like, brilliant. Paul Pogba now has a winner's medal for the World Cup. Uh, he can come back to United now with that and do well. Now, he, to be fair, did have a good season the following season, but overall, we did not. Um, World Cup in 2014, we didn't have any players that... Uh, came away with winners medals which was annoying because I feel like we actually had if memory is serving me correctly there was eight United players uh, who went to that World Cup and technically our manager as well because Van Gaal had just been appointed our manager and he went on to the World Cup as well with the Netherlands but nobody came back with a winners medal Germany won it and we didn't have any German players at the time we would sign one a year later Bastian Schweinsteiger uh, the first ever German to play for United Uh, but yeah um I think 2012 as well, there was no United players in that squad who won that. Uh, Same with the World Cup in 2010. We've just not had a lot of luck that way, but anyway, look, whatever. Uh, But it will be interesting to see how how the World Cup goes. It will be be quite fascinating. Is that everything from me? I think it is. I think it is. This has been a long episode. We are currently an hour and five minutes in. But I, I think that's good. Um... I felt like I had a lot to talk about today and it's distracted me from what's been a very bad week. And I know I keep dwelling, or not dwelling, but I keep going over that, so I suppose that is dwelling on it, isn't it, Dylan? <laughs> Learn to speak English, my man. Learn to understand English, at least. But, yeah, I've just, it's been a horrible week. A horrible fucking week for me, personally. And things like this are a distraction and uh, a fun way of forgetting about what's going on in my life for a while. Tuesday was different because I was kind of openly airing it, hoping that in a way it would make me feel better. Uh, it did for a little bit, but it also kind of made me go, eh, I don't know if, I, if I've just aired Dirty Laundry now, but this episode has definitely made me feel a lot better because I feel like I've covered a lot of topics that are a big interest of mine, and uh, that's made me feel ten times better. So yeah, uh, for once, it's not going to be a wrestling promo, it's going to be an MMA uh, UFC post-fight interview, uh, which is still quite fun for uh, a fighter who I absolutely adore, ex-fighter I should say, Michael Bisping, after he won the UFC middleweight title, uh, which is such an inspiring story. If, if Honestly, even if you're not a UFC fan, definitely watch Michael Bisping's documentary. Uh, it's available on YouTube, and I think it's on like Amazon and stuff like that. It is such a good watch. It's a great story of triumph from someone who had a lot of hurdles to overcome. The man literally won a UFC title with one eye. What what more can you say? Uh, but it's it's definitely worth checking out. And I think th- this post-fight interview is just pure passion, emotion, and you can tell it's just someone who was on such a high from what had been such an unbelievable journey um, and to overcome all those obstacles and to get to the point he was at. 
it was absolutely incredible. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave Bisping take it away. Check out his podcast as well, the Believe You Me podcast, one of my all-time favorite podcasts, uh, which is also going to be available today for anyone who uh, wants to listen to it, especially for an MMA fan. It's a lot of fun uh, with Anthony Smith, uh, Michael Bisping, uh, Harrington, and Brian as well. And yeah, thank you for listening to Straight Outta Klein 2.0. Hopefully see uh, some of you at RCW this Saturday. And if not, I will speak to you again on here next week. And thank you all so much for supporting this show and for supporting me in no matter what aspect or avenue I go down. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, uh, it's been a hell of a journey uh, from, from these last two years. And I'm really glad that a lot of you have been a part of it. But anyway, that's the end of the longest outro in the world. Here's that great post-fight interview with Michael Bisping, the UFC Hall of Famer and legend himself. Talk to you all later. Ladies and gentlemen, referee John McCarthy's called a stop to this contest at 3 minutes, 36 seconds of the very first round. Declaring the winner by knockout and UFC middleweight champion of the world, Michael the Count Bisping. Michael Bisping, this is the greatest moment of your fighting career. You've got your family here. You're wearing the UFC belt. What a crazy journey you have been on. Please describe to me, if you can, in any way, you know, this whole... Sorry, Reebok, it won't go on. How, how does this feel? Listen, I gotta be humble here, even though I wanna be an asshole. So, first of all, thank you all for being here. Obviously, I am so happy right now. I started fighting when I came out of my mother, really. I have always been a fighter, it always got me in trouble, but there's nothing I do better in this life than fighting. This woman here supported me every step of the way. If it wasn't for her, my family, my dad, my mother, the support of the UK, everybody here, I could not have done this. I'm an average guy, more than average. This is my dream. Nobody was taking this away from me. Two weeks notice, as I said, two days, two hours, two minutes. I'll fight anyone, anywhere, any, ah, can't even speak. Amazing. The universe rewards someone who steps up to a challenge. And look at this reward. Enjoy this, Michael Bisping, because people have been saying for years that you don't have punching power. People say I don't deserve it. People say I got no punching power. I knew I could punch. This guy demolishes everybody, finishes them in the first round. Well, check this out. First round knockout, left hook. Jason Perillo, thank you. Everybody, the UK, thank you so much. Everybody here. Apart from my children and my wife, this is the greatest day of my life. Thank you all. Michael Bisping, it was an honor to call this fight. Congratulations. You are the new middleweight champion of the world. Michael Bisping. Thank you. Thank you, England. I don't know what to say, but anybody that needs thanks, thank you. Born on a British military base, the son of a former Clitheroe postman. Our post-fight interview brought to you by EA Sports UFC 2, which captures the adrenaline rush that is MMA. Since Game Informer, pick up your copy in stores now and play with more than 250 licensed fighters.
it's not my 